everybody, welcome to the 105th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to please check us out on Patreon if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits like access to our Discord and Livecast. So the first band we're going to talk about is Dead Soma. And Dead Soma are a mathcore trio from Stockholm, Sweden. And they just dropped their debut full-length, Pathos, on September 14th. And to talk about their sound briefly, it's glitchy, down-tuned progressive metalcore and mathcore, with some occasional new metal influence, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I was fairly impressed with their debut EP back in 2021, and this full-length is an improvement in practically every way. And this time, again, I do feel like they have worked in the new metal influences just a bit more. Oh, the new metal, absolutely. It's a bit stronger this time around. Absolutely, dude. Um, I... <clears throat> First of all, I want to say, this album comes in strong, ends super strong. Yeah, it really does. Lengthy, jam-packed, great listen. Truly. Uh, great flow. It's like every... Even like the transitional tracks do not feel like wasted real estate. And there are several. You know, there's one that's like a fully electronic interlude. Inserts versus like um, transitional things. I really, yeah. You're, you, you, there's there's another band or two on this podcast where I'm going to say that there's um, some transitions that are meant to be there that just fit so well. There's no filler. It's just like I don't know. Um, the momentum is strong with Dead Soma. Yeah. Uh, overall, good album flow. Just solid mathcore going on here. Uh, very dynamic, explosive. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those ones where it's just um. It, uh, it is what it is. Dynamic know? is a great word for yeah. sure because they really just bring such a good variety of material on this album, as we were kind of talking about with the, you know, like the the palette that they bring with their instrumentation. And by that I mean that there's, I mean like right away there is some singing in the second track. So the first track is pretty much a kick down the door sort of like explosive yep. intro for sure. But quickly the second track sort of reveals that they've got a lot more range and versatility in what they're doing. That second track has a pretty catchy sort of like melodic chorus that's not unlike something that Vane might do. Uh, the track is Molecular Temperature, there by right, the I way. just wanted because I, I will track now two. agree, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Molecular, Molecular Temperature is one of the stronger tracks on this album for sure. Obviously the opener, Carbon Blue. So Carbon Blue, um, I it's one of my favorite tracks, but it is just, um, I don't know, just once again, bust out the door. Just bah, just goes right into it. It's great. It does kind of give you a sample of everything that you're going to get throughout this album, including the, they've upped the ante on the electronics too. The glitch-based elements Holy are... Holy fuck, it is glitchy, dude. Not too glitchy, but, but there's some glitch. Just the right amount. Yeah. It's not yeah. like obnoxious to the point where, like I think Code Orange definitely took it a bit too far, for example, on swallowing the rabbit hole. That was one example where it's just like, how do you even perform this live? Also, is the other thing to have the to have the instruments glitch, but then also have the vocals glitch. It's a lot going on. But here, I feel like Dead so much. It's more of like just the instrumentation is kind of glitching. It's never like the vocals are like eh, 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 that whole thing. You know? No, no, it's never it's like not an, too obnoxious. You know, no, that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's not too obnoxious. It's also not completely derivative of Deftones in a way that I feel like Loathe sort of falls into a very similar sounding band man they, they've got a lot of loathisms like from the production to like the 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 low end uh the, the guitars the vocal effects the 
the heavy chorus effect on everything. I don't know why you said Deftones, but after I listened to Dead Soma, for some weird reason, I went to Deftones for the last, like, two days. We went back to, like, you know, Fur Beach, and I went back to Adrenaline and everything like that. Like, fucking... It's great. Around the fur. Around the fur, but Fur Beach would be the, the single. <laughs> fur, beach, fur, fur Beach would be Daughters. No, wait, wait, is it Fur Beach? Oh, it is! Oh, <laughs> oh, shit, it is, isn't it? But we don't talk about them anymore. Well, we just I was did. literally <laughs> just getting shit on Twitter. For what a Freudian fucking thing going on. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, that's so funny. Wow. Anywho. We don't promote Daughters on this podcast. We merely reference them in a way that is a frame of reference. But we will accidentally say a track from their... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anywho, yeah, so there's a lot more electronic stuff, for sure. He liked the glitchy kind of stuff that Frontier does. There, dude, absolutely. Another sort of band that I would readily compare what they're doing to. Again, the transitional tracks are not, they don't feel like Wasted Space. Uh, Black Lavender, that little 45-second track, is a pretty nice little touch. It reminds me of something that the Dillinger Escape Plan might do, you know, to kind of give the album that gapless playback uh, feeling. And tracks like that really do create a good flow. I know I've said that word like eight times now, but for your time too, also really just showing that they've got range to like write an album that is, it's seemingly like it should be on a much bigger label with how much thought they clearly put into this arrangement. Because the first track is like an explosive one. The second one's got a bit more melodicism. The third one is kind of like a groove track. And then you've got the the interlude and then they, you've got that big melodic track so they really kind of like take you full circle this might be self-released yeah this is yep. I believe this is self-released wow. amazing to talk about the production although I did really enjoy the use of electronics and the glitchy stuff I, I think the guitar and the bass sound massive I did have some small reservations about the drums though they kind of just have that real lifeless kind of synthetic sound to them which is one of my big complaints about Frontier as well Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I feel like there could be a bit more of a human element to is the, it, some is, of the production. Are we talking like it's a uh, machine? Like I don't think it's programmed, but it's definitely triggered and sound replaced to the point. I mean, they have a, a drummer in the lineup, so I'm going to assume... They, that the drummer is drumming, yes. I'm going to assume that he recorded drum parts and they maybe just quantized or sound replaced. So uh, if you you guys want to field that question, feel free to get back to me. I do appreciate how they don't abuse the whammy pedal on this album, too. I think that's another tendency, a trope now, uh, just with, with Mouth Breather, Vane, uh, Frontierer, just really heavily utilizing whammy. I feel like it became, like in 2018, it was like whammy worship was a thing. We were like full on saying whammy worship. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate how they don't necessarily lean on that because I think that it can be really easy to just do like a lot of open note chugging and just rely on the pedal to like make the more to make the interesting sounds happen versus versus your hands one curiosity i had about this lineup is that no one is listed as doing vocals in the personnel section it's just listing three members all as instrumentalists so my question is who is doing vocals for the band Oh, I did. Whoa, I didn't notice that. I, That's like I'm just, I assume it's one of these three people, but yeah, it was Who are of, you? It was a bit inconclusive. So, yeah, you can't really go wrong with any fucking track on this album. Scanner was the one that I really tended to lean towards. It's got that real car bomb kind of like groove with the ring mod and the spoken word part. Well, I would rather go with your choice because I went carbon blue, the opening tracks, you know, you can. Well, hear me out. Candor, I think is another really 
good representation of what this album has. Track uh, track five. Ah, and then okay. track seven, Chronos. I think is my Kronos other. Chronos is good. I think Kronos that's my other favorite too. track. Do you want to give him Chronos or or Carbon Blue? Fuck it, Chronos. We agreed on it. It's in the middle of the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think most people will probably you know naturally hear Carbon Blue, so. Kronos is a bit more of a deep cut. I did like Dysfunctional Descent as well. The classic slowing of the breakdown with every iteration. That fucking goes hard. Mm -hmm. So, although the production can be a bit sterile at times, this was a great listen, man. It just fucking checks off so many different boxes for lovers of metalcore, mathcore, gent, prog, beatdown. It just fucking, it represents so much good, extreme, heavy music. I give it an 8 out of 10, for sure. Solid 8 out of 10. I would agree with you. 8, for sure. Easily. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and play Kronos, which is track 7 from Pathos, which is Dead Soma's new album that came out on September 14th. Here we go. So that was what 
the fuck was that? That was Kronos, which is track seven from Dead Soma's new album, which is called Pathos, and that came out back on the 14th of September. So next, we're going to talk about Great Falls. And Great Falls are a sludgy, mathcore, noise rock trio from Seattle, Washington, featuring members of Kiss It Goodbye and Jesu, Undertow, and Gaytheist. Um, also playing Enemy. There's a we could go on. Yep. The, the pedig- but hey, they, kiss it goodbye. Mwah. I think that's, that's the most a, important uh, one yeah, for yeah, the fans the of this podcast. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a really hard band to talk about in terms of like. Um, my instinct to pigeonhole Great Falls is very strong, but it's it's hard to do because they have such an eclectic palette with their instrumentation. It really is just like they'll bring. It's like they have a mathcore arrangement of sludge riffs and like noise rock riffs you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes 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 and yes uh if this, I could, that'd be like the most concise way i could describe great falls by far uh bleak and just discordant uh god the vocals are bleak I, yeah for sure i this is my favorite of the episode it's uh, my favorite as well i all think right, yeah. there we go kind of going there uh just just amazing breakdown track by track um that they did by the band on Decibel Magazine, mm. uh, which really... I, can, I need to read that. So just me, once again, I like to read the lyrics and everything. It was really cool where uh, the band really gave their insight on each fucking track. So I don't even have to decipher what the lyrics mean. Like, I just, I really appreciate it. Very personal. So I not only enjoyed this record the most out of all this episode, but I got to like go and check out like their description of every track and uh, god damn it i really appreciated that um didn't change my my bias of like what track i liked before or whatever but like you know yeah it was nice to know yeah. i mean i'd love to understand the deeper context and meaning behind an album that i love for sure so mm-hmm. yeah for them to take the time to do that is definitely appreciated yep um uh, great falls they're gonna they're about to start a tour uh the yes October in east 5th coast the 15th run. yep yeah, so, so if you're from the east coast this is an opportunity for you to see them so yeah, I really enjoyed their 2018 LP. We did talk about it on MathCast. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was called A Sense of Rest. And now they're back with their fourth full-length album, which is called Objects Without Pain, which they released on September 15th via Neurot Recordings. And man, this is such a great album. The The opening track, Dragged Home Alive, is this like nine... It's, it's nine minutes and multi-phased. Um, it's my favorite. I like it a lot, but unfortunately, I do think it's too long-winded. I don't want to just like you mentioned lead that off. we have. Yeah, I don't want to lead off with a complaint, but I think that it was. A, it's interesting to start your opener with a nine-minute track, and then it's not. No other track is really that long. I don't think in the whole. No, many other are tracks there other are. Ones that, about there's, that? Okay. there's several other eight, nine-minute, and a thirteen-minute track up, as I recall, which is not new to what they do. I mean, we're talking about like a band that has sludge and noise rock elements, so you have to expect that they're going to have more focus on repetition in certain passages. I stand corrected. Yep. On that note, this is really akin to Ken mode. I really get a lot of Ken mode. I mean, if you enjoy it, they don't, they don't sound exactly like Ken mode, but I feel like fans of that style of more aggressive noise rock will really appreciate what they're doing. We're going to go back to bleak and discordant. Yeah. Take it from there. Dissonant. Gaza is another thing comparison that kept coming up to me yep yeah i do feel like again the 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 payoff for that first track is a bit too long but otherwise that's kind of a 
not like a significant complaint considering how good the the rest of the song is really the beginning of the track is great by the way it's just yeah it's such a long build-up for track one i'm pretty sure it's a three-piece as well which is. is awesome because it is powerful what this three piece is doing yeah that is exactly the word that i would use when the percussion comes in on this first track too by the way because it is really fucking exciting though Mm -hmm. um and the remainder of it it, what they do is just so equally parts pensive and aggressive it's a really good balancing act of being thoughtful but still by bringing some chaotic shit However, the the opening after the opening of the album there's some definitely way more straight to the point tracks like trap feeding is a bit more concise uh, immediately delivers the chaos and dissonance that people like myself are sort of like wanting out of a band like this as we're talking about they do embrace a lot more long form structure so great falls has a great sense of flow and dynamics and crescendo uh, like on born is an argument whose start is more abrasive but the back half has got like a a kind of a choral thing, like a wordless, not, not a choral thing, but like um, a vocal piece. Yeah. Like yeah. a vocal reprise. Like a backing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's sort of like repeating over and over again. And certain tracks like fully lean into the sludge thing, like the uh, old words, excuse me, old words worn thin, which is almost another nine minute track. This 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 overall was just a great fucking listen. Um, really, I really didn't think about Ken Mode until you said Ken Mode, I guess. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's really, absolutely. Just like, it's why I enjoy this record. It's just, um, it's, I'd almost say just like Ken Mode in a way, it's almost frustrating to listen to at some points um, because of just uh, the, the despair in it all. But uh, it's great. Yeah, it's not like an easy listen. It's not a, it's not a passive listen. You can just, oh, I'm going to throw on some great falls and mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just chill. Yeah, it, it makes you, it makes you think. Um, yeah, it's it's really tortured and um, just authentic. I think is the word that I would use, especially regarding the vocals and the production too. It's really like raw and like live sounding. So I feel like you're hearing the band. I can like see them in my head right in front of me performing the music. Um, tracks. What's your favorite? Trap feeding, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, I love the first track too. Even despite my complaint about it not being to the point enough, trap feeding is a great track as well. Born is an argument, as we were talking about earlier, especially the part where he's like, kids doing homework. That part, like, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the broken home conversation or whatever is happening there. Ceilings inch closer. Basically, all the, the singles, you cannot go wrong with the singles. The Starveling track seven, I thought was quite good, too. Although I don't really have any specific notes about it. Mine was dragged home alive, naturally. The, that, that track opener. one, yeah, right. Yeah. I had a funny haha note here. Born under a bad argument, as opposed to born under a bad sign. <laughs> Please, somebody tell me I'm a funny man. We've all been there, brother. <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> somebody tell me I'm a funny man. You are. You're Thank funny. You. Hey, you're great, dude. I think uh, I think trap feeding is the podcast song, though. I support that. If you don't mind. No, I, I totally support that. Cool. Yeah, it's like three minutes or four minutes, something like that. So a bit more to the point. Let's talk rating. So, Great Falls, man. Continuing to pump out visceral, honest, and unique-sounding records again and again. Uh, we're, we're four albums in, 13 years into their career, and I think they just released the best album to date. Eight. Eight, for sure. Word. Love it. Strong eight. So we're going to play Trap Feeding, which is track two from Objects Without Pain, and that is Great Falls' new album that came out on September 15th via New Rot Recordings. Here we go. 
All right, so that was Trap Feeding, which is track two from Great Falls' new album, Objects Without Pain, and that came out back on September 15th via Neurot Recordings. And boy, Christian, were they great. <laughs> sorry. Boy, how <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> That was Great Falls, boys. <laughs> yeah, fucking great album. Great Falls album. I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. So next, we're going to talk about The Falls. And we, yes, we made that intentional just to be as confusing and infuriating as possible. Absolutely. But yes, The Math Falls. Core Index, bitch. Uh, the, the Falls, also just one word, right? Also, yeah, it's stylized, all one word, all lowercase, The Falls. So The Falls are a sludgy mathcore quartet from Dremen, Norway. Keeping it in Scandinavia as well this episode. And I, I love their 2014 debut full-length, Break the Calm, which is a fantastic blend of, again, sludgy mathcore and prog with some really beefy, beefy production, especially on the drums and the uh, the bass. And now the band are back with their second full-length, their first new album in nine years, which is called Reflections Void, which they released on September 22nd. And this album definitely sees them leaning further and further in the direction of progressive metal and sort of abandoning all the sludgier, heavy elements. They definitely did. They Especially, shed, They shed some weight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. <laughs> Especially, I, I think a good example of this is one of the more lengthy cuts, Nadir 3. I mean, they always had like longer tracks on Break the Calm, but yeah, it's just like the, the prog riffs are very prominent now and all the breakdown-y, groovy stuff is almost entirely gone here. That being said, one thing you'll notice looking at the tracks is that a lot of them are separated by movements. Did you notice that? Absolutely, dude. And something... The Mars Volta did this on Francis the Mute where it was like multiple movement. I believe it was Francis the Mute. Multiple movements of, of every song is you know broken up into various tracks. So. so experimental and exploratory. Yeah. But I'm kind of here with it. I'm kind of here for the for the ride, you know? Like about the ticket. You went sold when I journey. first sent you nope, this. Nope, nope, but do you know what, man? Um I got to tell you, it took me a few joints and a few listens <laughs> and I definitely enjoyed it. Like um Did you go back and listen or watch the session video that I suggested too, by the way? I did not. I just kept listening to the album <laughs> of course you and did. it's fucking amazing. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with this band Definitely go back and check out their 2014 live session or music video for the, the lead single for Break the Calm. I think that'll definitely sell you on this album. But unfortunately, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, by the way, but it didn't quite live up to Break the Calm in a lot of ways for me. Oh. For one, the production, a lot thinner. Like, the bass guitar is noticeably less prominent in the mix. Well, we're talking about less sludge, so I mean, we're shedding that weight, right? That whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which we got a swimmer's, now, we got a swimmer's, that, we got a swimmer's body. Saying it out album. loud, right. saying it out loud, it makes perfect fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. Repeating yeah. that back to myself, it makes a lot more sense. But yeah, it's just like so the bass is obviously a much lower because we're not dealing with like a more low end type project. But the drums are also just a lot less punchy too. It's just yeah. like I don't know. It's just way more. Um, I can just see the waveform being a lot leaner for sure. So, and for another. And this is admittedly more of a personal complaint, but in terms of my personal taste, as we already established, there's less focus on the heavier and more dissonant, dissonant elements that made me love the falls to begin with. So this just did not quite hit me the same way, I'm sad to say. It's like the instrumentation is really fucking proficient. The vocals are good, but yeah, it's just like, I guess the arrangements, I'm just not down for another 
between the buried and me nine minute fucking you know mm-hmm. uh Tim I, crimson worship fest <laughs> that's the thing i mean like it, it's a ride you know um but uh Overall, I enjoyed this. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, I do really like the dark, kind of um, bleak uh, direction of this album that they have going on, and it's pretty much just a narrative of exploring of uh, uh, like the sudden uh, a man's sudden realization of his inadequacy in life and having to deal with that and how it's going to affect him forever on. Okay. Uh, just kind of like, you know, just realizing you're a fuck up and that whole thing and you're just everything and just, that, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of like, I think we all can just look at some that some of us can relate point, to that you know just, or not even just being a fuck up just like you're kind of realizing the you know the things that you can't or you know can't do or won't do or whatever it's just like you know yeah it's crazy yeah um, I didn't but, pick up on that it's interesting you were really of course I, I assume that you're really reading the lyrics more extensively than I am but absolutely um, I like to read the lyrics I, you know I, I do like a cursory like glance to make sure that we're not promoting fucking Bootlicking bands, but you gotta do the research. <laughs> but also, like, let's let's be real. Most of the lyrics, with even with bootlickers, it's not in the lyrics. It, they're just bootlickers. No, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. The last couple of years, there's been a few. There's been a few fat, fashy fucking mathcore bands that have sprung up. It's crazy. Like in our scene, most bootlickers. There's some people infiltrating it who are fucking some really extreme conservative personalities. Most of them I'm always surprised by, but, I'm, but then I look and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that kind of checks out, but yeah. Anyways, um, The Falls. Um, the Falls. The Falls. Uh, love this shit. It's different, but it's good. Yep. It's My- different than, than Break the Calm, but it is, it's still good, though. Like- so w- with this album... Um, it, it, it really doesn't matter like track by track but you know we have there's we have a lot of like part one part twos here mm. in this album so I'm going to say that my favorite tracks plural would be uh, Patterns Emerge 1 and 2 Patterns Emerge 2 I felt like was the, the stronger of the two I would mm. agree that Patterns Emerge 1 is good too I was just combine them since they were numbering them it's like alright fuckers I'll fucking let, let's, let's do this yeah um that's one of the more patterns emerge too. Is one of the more angular tracks that is multi-phased, while still being concise. So I think that's why I, I picked it out for the podcast. Yep. But it, it's like no particular section outstays its welcome here. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yep. they don't. That's one problem that I can't fault them for is that they're not like lingering on a part to the point where it gets annoying. It, there's a lot of there's so many different sections in every fucking song for sure. Um, yeah, and at the end of that track, too, is one of the heavier moments of the LP as well. So track three, Nadir one, um, although I, I could do without the guitar solo on the back end, I, I felt like the, the first the first track on the album, or the first part of the song, uh, has some seriously breakneck chugging grooves. I really liked that. Uh, track six, Seconds, was really good, too. Again, too long for the podcast, but the heaviest breakdown of the album is deposited towards the end of that song. And then the lead single, The Hardest Part Is Over, obviously, that's a fucking good track, too. Mm-hmm. But curiously, a bit too black metal leaning for me with that main motif, you know, with the tremolo picking. It's like, what is happening right now with this fucking, this black metal ass fucking... Didn't pick that up, but I see where you're going with that. But they're Scandinavian, so it's like, I think that you're going to have to just accept that every single Scandinavian band that we've covered in the last... Two years, they've all managed to work in a friggin' yeah, a 16th note tremolo picking kind of like riff. Anyway, 
Yeah, so there's a lot of good highlights on this album. Overall, I mean, it was sort of like lacking the production and the hard-hitting songwriting that I, I personally gravitate towards. Um, and, you know, the other thing was is when the album finishes, I don't really recall myself... I don't really find myself recalling a lot about it, sadly. Yeah, um, I, I but I feel like... Uh, yeah, there's like no real hooky riffs, I think no. is what I'm trying to say. I do get lost towards the end of the album where I did notice the three times I listened to this record that uh, I listened to on Spotify, so it would, it would just Spotify would bring me back to the first track again. I'd be like, wait. I was like, oh, shit, right, album's done. Okay. Like, I just kind of get lost towards the end. Kind of it's like... The, just like, you know... Yeah, it's like the only riff that I can pull out of my head right now is the hardest part, it's over black metal kind of motif. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, At any rate, uh, if I'm if I have to give this a rating, I'm gonna have to give it a six. I have a feeling that you're probably more in the realm of a seven. Seven, absolutely. Um, I do want to ask you, what is the track that you favor the most? I think Nadir One is the podcast track personally. Either that or Patterns Emerge Two. We both agree on Buddy that, Boy so. Nadir One. Let's do it. Cool. Yep. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and play for you Nadir One, which is track two from Reflections three. Void. Track three. Mm-hmm. That's right. From Reflections Void, and that is the fall's new album that came out on September 22nd. Here we go.
All right, so that was Nadir One, which is track three from Reflections Void, which is The Fall's new album that came out on September 22nd. Fresh one there for you. So next, we're going to talk about God's Eyes. And God's Eyes, that's stylized as all one word, are a chaotic hardcore outfit from Long Island, New York. And we covered their debut EP, Safe House, back in 2018, which was a fairly solid release, if not lacking that certain something. It was solid. Yeah. We, 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 I mean, it wasn't like nothing to write home about, but yeah, it was, it was good. But this one. This is their debut full length they mm. just released mm. called Progress Regress, and it just came out on September 8th via No Sleep Records. So they landed a, a deal with a sizable, shout out. sizable indie label. Yeah. And in many ways, it's an improvement over the EP. Uh, it really shows that they have some serious potential here and some range and some thoughtfulness in the track listing. They added an extra guitarist, the sec- a second guitarist in this record, so they definitely are adding a little bit more, more texture, texture going on here for sure, absolutely. They've got a new vocalist as well, I believe, is the other Did change. Did not know that. A much better sounding vocalist, in my opinion. Okay, okay. I feel uh, like that's a big improvement, for sure. The energy of the uh, lyrically and with his music is phenomenal. Uh, it's I, good. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, dude... Did you hear just like the, just the the sax in the kind of beginning, and then sax towards the end a little bit and everything like that? That is a yeah. So that what are you gonna say? What that does make? I see the smirk on your goddamn <laughs> fucking face. You fucking no. I I do like how they implemented that with like. So th- what he's talking about is the track one has a bit of a um a person like walking into like a practice space and there's somebody playing a saxophone going on there yeah and that motif that the saxophone is playing is then also goes into the riff yeah right right yeah it's recalled a number of times throughout the record i believe on the next track and the final track if i'm not mistaken the final track absolutely but one recurring complaint i had when listening to this album is i i do feel like there's a bit too much filler so the intro track, I definitely understand the purpose that that serves with how it that motif, mm-hmm. you know, sort of pops up again on the album. But the spoken word sections on tracks like "85 Springs" and the somewhat silly skits like "On the Comets," I I found myself skipping those I'm on repeat listens. I'm not I lie. felt myself lost where I almost forgot what I was listening to. <laughs> so that that kind of thing where I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like that whole thing, I was like, oh right, God's eyes. Like because I mean, once again, I, I, we're listening. I'm listening to these uh, this this music like continuously like with other bands so sometimes I'm like wait was I just like listening to something else like what happened here yeah it's like this album is already it's only a half an hour long so then we're looking at about seven minutes of sort of transitional uh, you know some of it is kind of just filler man the end of the last track though the way end of the track where they're just literally talking about oh yeah right the, how good it would be to, to, about to, the intro right like right. it's just like that's such a that's good not, way to end this tr- see, like that's what end I'm talking the album about. is just like go back to the you don't like that ah oh, man chef's kiss from me I, I fucking I, like that shit it was very Chris like shaking his head but it I was like very that. like meta I'll give him that yeah, yeah. but that was because they're like he's like holding in hits too like yeah would you right cool. smoking <laughs> <laughs> dude you don't like that shit come on dude clearly levi is just accusing me of sipping my haterade but you know i i did like the album i i do feel like there are some obvious skippers um but there are some really great highlights to, to their credit they're not really treading any new ground but um 
it's certainly worth the listen. There's some really high-energy shit that I think will really satisfy fans of The Chariot, Every Time I Die, and Converge. <laughs> Nailed easily. that, bud. Absolutely. You like any of those bands, you're going to be here for this for sure. I feel like Botch. the breakdowns are very Every Time I Die in that in that way. More of like the kind of like two-steppy riffs. Gent. The vocals are also very like Josh Josh Skogen too as well. I think is the other part of it. To talk about some tracks that I liked, track two "Progress" was a big highlight for me. Fuck yes, dude! The feedback part really, really hits. It's just so goddamn moshy. Got great sliding riff on the back end as well. Agreed. That 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 that's my number one. Uh, Your pardon would be another track that I really dug. Yeah, Your Pardon, for sure. Track three, a little bit more D-beat-ish to my liking, but th- mm. that track is, mm. is one of the more memorable ones, for sure, with the breakdown on the second leg of it. Track eight, Regress, so Progress, Regress. The two-parter, also very good. The opening of that track, wow, is uh, one of the more powerful and memorable moments, especially lyrically. It's just unfortunate that it has a pretty mid-D-beat riff, which is something that just pops up on too many tracks for me. It's like there's like a D-beat riff that is just like not especially out, it's not like outrageously good, you know? Like I don't know, they're just like they just feel like a means to get to the next part to me. Yeah, I get that. I feel that. Sort of a minor complaint. So yeah, um I give this a 7 out of 10. As many complaints as I had, like this is a good album. It's just yeah, I I found myself skipping some of the songs is all. I'm going to go 7-2, even though I want to give the intro and the outro an 8. Is that weird? But it's a 7 to me. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a solid album. So uh, what track do you think, Levi? I'm thinking Progress is probably Progress, the one. Progress, yeah. dumb, boom, let's For do sure. it. So we're going to play Progress, which is track 2 from Progress Regress, which is God's Eye's new album that came out on September 8th via No Sleep Records. Here we go.
All right, so that was Progress, which is track two from Progress Regress, which is God's Eye's new album that came out on September 8th. So next, we're going to talk about the sound that ends creation. Woo! And the sound that ends creation is a solo mathcore project from Allen, Texas. And talk about the sound. Man, it's an ever-evolving, expanding instrumentation. It's with with Over the last few album cycles, we've seen the addition of first keys, piano, and then the addition of horns. And now, more recently on this new album, the seventh full-length album, Exactly What You Thought But Worse Than You Imagined, which came out on September 1st. <laughs> I love that title. There's the inclusion of more sassy kind of vocals. So, like, more switch of a vocals, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Chris, uh, that does uh, Sound of Ends Creation, did a little uh, uh, logo switch as well. Kind of a... Interesting, just and I only I only mark that because I there's so many other switches where it's like okay oh I see I see you I see you yeah just to get this out of the way just really oh, have got to a brand new bag shout out Chris for just being one of the most prolific underground artist solo artists in particular just and hard working motherfucker constantly tours touring. by himself like it's gone from a simple yet prolific studio project to a podcast to a steady one album a year relentlessly touring live act all the while staying one person behind everything and yeah rebranding uh as levi was just pointing out and furthermore used one of my comments from the podcast to make a shirt design he put dick van dyke from mary poppins on a shirt it's a good shirt. And I, I, it's the best thing is the full. It's the full front of the shirt too. It's good. Um, I'm so proud to rep that. I just like uh, it. Chris just is so hardworking and just like the touring and like sticking everything in your, in your fucking car, doing tour after tour after tour. I mean, kind of relentless, relentless. Um, and kind touring of like the, is on like the same level, the same amount as some like major label artists. Also, motherfucker tours like the music that he plays. It is just a cacophony of just everything. It's just um. He uh, the sass in this one, the I would say sla- uh, sass slash clean, more kind of vocals. I'm hearing that's been coming it's around more, more in the last few it's, albums. It's more audible, like I can hear the 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 actual lyrics more, which I kind of enjoy. There's way more diction, yeah. Man, Chris, I love your lyrics, especially on this album. They're witty. They're funny. Um, oh, there's I, always good like there, social commentary yeah, on every track. So fucking like amazing over, song titles. It's so like it's so like eat the rich Monty Python. Yeah, like it's definitely. so like man. <laughs> Monty it, Python is a good. Oh man, it, a good it, like, yeah, it, it's it's great, dude. It's great. It, the music sounds like how Monty Python is to watch. No, uh, his music sounds like the animation of Monty Python. Without the problematic like, stuff. No, no, just not even, it's not even the fucking show Monty Python. It's the animations, like, where, like the weird paper cuts no, that no, would come I, with I'm, God. I'm with you, dog. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, on, we're, we're talking, we're agreeing. It's so crazy. And then even, like, I guess Chris would actually, the music videos, he would do the same kind of thing almost, like how the Monty Python shows the, the, would go. Where, collaborating with that Mexican uh, video artist uh Cessius. yeah, yeah Cessius yeah, yeah. has a real penchant for that style so i like that you this is why we got him as the host here guys <laughs> he's got he's got he's got it all yeah Cessius, go look him up s-e-s-u-i-s really great uh visual artist who does like kind of like cut out stuff like if you like basically the cu space cow excuse me cu space cowboy blood brothers-esque cut out stuff then 
I think you'll like what he does. Well, let's uh, kind of go from there. Just like with uh, Sue Space Cowboy, if you guys enjoy Sue uh, Space Cowboy, you're going to enjoy Chris's new sassy vocals. Yes, it's just that, it's I like, agree. Eh, at the end, it's not too sassy, but it's sassy. It's not overdone. Yeah. Uh, but I, at the same time, it almost feels kind of like focus grouped, like to a way where he's trying to almost deliberately reach out to that that portion of people but it's it's not shoehorned i guess either it does it does fit the style well it made its lyrics more audible to me which i kind of enjoyed i mean it's a again it's a switch up from the sort of like and this is i'm sort of paraphrasing what he said uh he's sort of trying to channel oldies if you will like soul (laughs) stuff so to sort of like put it into perspective for you love it love it love it okay yeah um Although seven albums in, I do feel like this ever-expanding instrumental palette is sort of becoming to the project's detriment. It's just so much ear fatigue sometimes listening to these albums. Like, there's so many synthetic instruments piled on top of one another to the point where it's it's quite cacophonous. Agreed. And to be fair, it really does all come together on certain tracks. Like, um... I just long to hear, I guess, real horns and key players versus MIDI instruments. And I know that's a tall order, and there's a matter of time and probably money if we're talking about professional musicians, you know, session players or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I feel like that would be the logical next step for this project. I mean, I can see it continuing on as a studio project, but I guess what I'm saying is, but it's but it it's hard to listen to the fake horns and you know keys for me at this point i think i think live you might attract more people if you got oh live you can't even it's like the backing for that is not um it's not as obtrusive yeah but in my headphones i'm a little overwhelmed it's a it's a bit of sensory overload and this is coming from somebody who likes overloading my senses I, i i i feel like um overall what you're saying there with the sensory overload uh, sometimes it's a little hard for me to distinguish track by track with uh, you know uh, like some tracks I'm like oh that's my favorite track from this album I know this one track but a lot of it kind of gets um it's it's muddied or just like this it's is just a, a lot of yeah yeah I, I think this kind of circles back to a previous complaint that I've had about Chris's music in the past and that is um, there's sort of a lack of dynamics it's just fucking loud dynamic all the time everything is just blaring at 10 at the maximum possible velocity for the percussion and yeah sometimes it's just it's a little too much I there's a lot of good uh, tracks on this album though to get to like the positive bits about it since I got my gripe out of the way because the opening track let's do the French Revolution in a video game is quite good and definitely very catchy there's moments that I I definitely take away from this album and like hum and remember because they are there's some like some fairly catchy moments offered here. To be fair, um, Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss, <laughs> um, definitely uh, quite good. Wire Cop so stinky. I the video was really really silly, but that is one of the better tracks for yeah, sure. That's good. And speaking of like the, the the cacophonous elements all actually coming together on certain tracks, that's definitely one of them for sure. Agreed. I'd go to hell, but I don't want to see you every day. Also, one of the more like. One of the better tracks. I'll just leave it at that. 
Chris, uh, we've mentioned this before, but Chris um, does master everything himself as well. You know, records and masters everything. Available um, for then, mastering services. And I him Chris up. did a lot of mastering for my label, Cliff Parade Records. So if That's anybody, right. if anybody likes anything that Cliff Parade did, it's mostly Chris, other than like Beltway and like Waternoose. Other than that, like Chris did everything. He's with like me, the so. Keith Carlson of mixing. Yep, absolutely. Just like the hidden gem there. Just fucking, you don't even know how many times he's been doing things. Just so. coming, coming through clutch for people and like you're not even aware that he actually does that because he's already doing so much other shit. Yep. So I have to be honest here. There are a lot of redeeming moments on this record, but some of the tracks really just do come across as pretty jumbled um, and is a little overly busy with the instrumentation just kind of like flying around left and right. I think it might be hard for him to top music design to give you ideas for me as that was a more like a distilled aggression with a cleaner instrumental cleaner instrumental palette. I think for me when the the horn started coming in on memes, dreams and flying machines, that was sort of like the the stylistic tipping point where and although I was involved with releasing that album, I mean I and I did really enjoy it. Um, that was again sort of where I could see the the significant change that we're now like seeing fully develop in this new stuff. I guess I just kind of like miss the more straightforward instrumental palette. I'd give this a six out of ten. Chris is getting seven for me. So. Love it. Yep. That average is a six point five. Yep, like that. Uh, I feel like uh, if Chris would have kept doing what what he would have done back in the day. You can't expect like, him to do that. No, though. but I mean, like, I feel like it would have been uh, just lost in the mix. I feel if, if anything, we're talking about him, you know. Yeah, how do you, yeah, how do you, um, how do you please people like myself who, like, sort of demand you keep releasing Still stuff that sounds like your old stay stuff? Stay fresh. But manage to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to, yeah, stay fresh and, like, um, I don't know. We we are really goddamn persnickety in particular. Answer that everything. shit, Chris Deering. You you appeal to us. You fucking. The you, podcast you're... is called Math Mathcast. You know what you're getting into. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're insufferable. Yeah, but yo, uh, <laughs> overall though, uh, I, I, uh, he, he gives it a six. I give it a seven. Um, I really enjoy this, Christian. What do you think uh, the, the track should be? Um, I think the opening track is is the one. Either that or Wire Cops. So stinky. You choose, but I, I agree with both. Let's do the, the track one. Okay, so. We're going to play for you Let's Do the French Revolution, parenthetical, in a video game, which is track one from exactly what you thought, but worse than you imagined. <laughs> and that came out back on September 1st. Here we go.
have punched him out. I would have gone to jail and I would have been happy. All right. So that was Let's Do the French Revolution in a Video Game by The Sound and Creation. And that's off the new album, Exactly What You Thought, But Even Worse Than You Imagined, which came out on September 1st. So last, we're going to talk about Polly Y. And Polly Y are a mathcore trio from Novi Sad, Serbia. And they just dropped their second full-length album, Wanton Psalms, on September 12th. To talk about their sound, although there are many like hallmarks and tropes of the mathcore sound on this album, they also frequently branch out into more post-hardcore leaning territory with a lot of pull-off riffs and uh, like on the, the track Shroud for example or the opening track Scalp Me both really have like sort of a almost Fall of Troy vibe with what they're doing but curiously enough they also really lean into some black gaze leaning elements on tracks such as Anvil you fucking nailed it there dude it's like the back half of that track is something that is not dissimilar to Deaf Heaven. In fact, I would readily compare them to Deaf Heaven. As, as soon as I would compare them to Dillinger, I would also compare them to Deaf Heaven. It's a really unlikely combination of sonic palettes that they just bring together so cohesively. Track by track, I feel like I keep poking my head into different uh, practice spaces. <laughs> you said that earlier during but it's, our but it, conversation. But it's in a good way. I just, I, agree. I, I really do feel that um, this music... Um, they really just bring it all together. I have I have mentioned this to uh, a few bands before this, but there's something really special with what we listen to and where we are in this music right now, um, where something can sound so nostalgic, but so new and refreshing and god damn it i fucking love it it's not like you're beating down that fucking dead horse that's already been there that 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 converge riff but it's just it there's just that essence where i'm like it just it just kind of feels and sounds like this it's not like oh they're fucking sound just like this duh, 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 but it, like it feels like this and like that and like they're doing a, something they're, unique and there's a there's tracks that literally just feel very fall of troy yeah, and very just every time I die, every just like things like that. It just they they go down this the these routes. Um, overall, I really enjoyed the the switch up, even though it wasn't too like confusing. Like it's still a consistent band. They just have every track is just got a little dip, different vibe going on. You know? Yeah, as you say, it's not to their detriment either. Like it's not. It doesn't feel. Normally, I would sort of make the accusation that the band is still finding their sound, but I think that they've kind of... They know what's going on. They got the I think if they know what's going on yeah, here, yeah, yeah it's that they think they can navigate themselves around a song structure pretty goddamn well. Like, Where are they from again? They're from Serbia. Serbia. Okay. So for, for them to come out of an area like that where it's not known at all for mathcore, it's really quite remarkable. Can I say something and as just like an ignorant American, like... <laughs> And I, I mean this in I, once again. I mean this in a good way. But if you were to pl- like, I played this album, and like, I would not know that they're from Serbia or not. You know, like I, I don't hear any accents. I, I feel the music is just like crazy. The and lyrics just, are like, in English, and yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's pretty, pretty it just, discernible. It just, for sure. just seems like an American fucking mathcore. You know that kind of stuff. So um, I just uh, it's a, it, it just uh, that alone. I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. I just um, I just want to say it just it's so consistent and uh, it's just another band I'm listening to, you know? 
Yeah, this was really good. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, I think this is the sleeper of the podcast. Sort of putting them deep in the lineup, the end of the lineup. But mm-hmm. yeah, the last track also, I just have to say, really smacks of daughters. I hate to. I That's another. They, if they, anyone can, yeah. accuses me of fucking promoting daughters because I said that, you can go lick my balls. But yeah. um, they really are just exploring sonic territory that is very similar to Late, you won't get what you want. Exactly the later daughters, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there's there's like two to three two to three tracks that if you would to tell us like if you were to tell us like no that does not sound like daughters you go fuck yourself you also owe us money i'm not i'm not gonna be a revisionist about this shit if i if i hear the influence i'm gonna call it like i see it like yeah i'm not gonna act like the band never existed anyway let's move past it Mm -hmm. um but yeah so this is a really good listen i'm really interested to see what this band does next i uh i could maybe use some better production i felt like the production could have used a little more polish, but overall, very strong release with some solid songwriting that surprisingly did not feel mishmashy considering how many different genre fields they're pulling from. I give it a 7 out of 10. I'm giving it an 8. Good for you. Yep. I was really tempted to give it an 8, but I have my re- I still have reservations, nope. I think, about, again, the production and... Um, Something about today, I listened to this album twice, and I was like, you know what? I like where it's just going. The direction here, the direction there. I like it. I'm fucking fuck this shit. I like it. So that's a seven and a half then. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the tracks. Scalp Me, loving that clean section in there. Really Always, getting at that throwback yep. sound. Um, Alpha Romeo is like the math core song. Shit. All right. Well, Obviously. Yeah, all right. Well, th- those are my two tracks I wrote down. Uh, yeah. um, but to keep going, Turmoil was quite good. Canyon was quite good. This is sort of a, a bit of a shorter full length if you will it's like 20 minutes and some change but it, it doesn't feel like um, I don't know yeah it's it's lean let's say it's lean ooh lean I like that okay so I think Alfa Romeo is the track that's a car <laughs> certainly is so we're gonna play Alfa Romeo which is track two from Wanton Psalms which is Polly Wise new album that came out on September 12th here we go September 12th, never forget. (laughs) I forgot.
So that was Alpha Romeo, which is track two from Polywise new album, Wanton Psalms, and that came out on September 12th. So let's see here. Before we wrap this up, how about a little, uh, how about a little newsy-poozy? Oh my god, Mathcore Index news? Yeah, we sort of, like, nixed the Mathcore Index news section because it ended up sort of being A, really scant, or just B, us talking about the ep- the bands that we just covered in that episode. So, sort of making ourselves a little redundant there. But, September has been a little bit light, but Mathcore Fall is upon us. October is going to be a fucking goddamn insane month with uh, releases from Euclid C. Finder, The Callous Dowboys, uh, Pillar of Wasps, Ryle, End, Dreamwell, just a whole host of really good fucking releases. Dope. And uh, in terms of uh, new news, uh, Chris is on tour right now, cast the uh, Sounding Inspiration. He is currently in. Uh, today is the 25th. He's in Long Island, New York tonight, in New Haven, Connecticut tomorrow. So you can catch him on tour if you enjoy the new album. I'm sure, I'm sure he's touring on that material. What else? So this is kind of funny. Behold the Octopus just dropped a new album that has no... Did you listen to this yet? I did. What are your feelings on it? I'm confused. <laughs> and upset? It's very uh, 8-bitty. I have not actually listened to it in earnest yet. I listened to like 10 seconds of it, of like a couple tracks. But yeah, so there's no production. There's no percussion, rather. There's no distortion. There's no amplifiers. There's no keys. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's it's sort of an oddity. It's going to be an oddity in their their discography ultimately, I think. But that's probably what they were going for. They've just gotten more and more experimental over time with getting rid of the uh, the traditional percussion last album and having what's his face from Psyopus just basically doing like you know like tubular bells kind of or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. What else? Um, in dropped a new single. Mouth Breather just dropped a new music video. They announced their new LP, which is called... Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's out November 10th via Good Fight Music. A band that we'll be talking about in a future episode that you should check out. It's really good, called Ekbomb from Italy. Speaking of Mouth Breather, very much in that vein of uh, Mouth Breather and, mm-hmm. and vein. What else? Steak Sauce Mustache just announced a run of Midwest and Pacific Northwest dates, naturally, of course. PNW. Ryle featuring uh, Sam of Cult Leader doing a brief run. Cult Leader also playing a couple shows here in October in California at Santa Cruz Vets Hall and Pomona at the Glass House. What else? I'm really stretching for news here at this point. Better Lovers are writing new music. Oh, damn, okay. I mean, I'm, I was pretty lukewarm on the EP. I mean, it's like, on paper, it should be something that I should love, but I just, I had a hard time bringing myself to really, like, vibe with it. This is going to be like Greg's other side project. What was it? A New Killer? What was that fucking thing back in the day? Um, he did the, the dude from the Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're talking about his Ken. I never listened killer to that in shit. The, uh, killer inside. Killer Something. be killed. Killer thank be you, killed. Otis. Thank you. Fucking thank, thank you. Thank you, Otis. Yeah. Appreciate that. Let's see here. What else? What else? Ah, 
Motion Mosaic and the Central just announced a brief run of October dates. Hitting some Midwest spots. Wisconsin! Detroit, Cincinnati, Chicago, Minneapolis, obviously. Ithaca about to do their first U.S. tour. Uh, they actually started, excuse me. I'll be at uh, the October 6th date. So yeah, you can go harass Levi at Neck of the Woods. I probably won't be there, but Levi will be there. Go punish him. Yeah. He likes that. I won't be at the Converge show on the 30th. I, I fucked up and just, yeah. Neither will I because it's sold out. Levi gave his ticket away to... Because I have to work. Some rando. <laughs> I resent that. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just kidding. That's fine. I pretty much should resign myself to not going. I'm a Levi apologist now. What do you got me doing? It feels good. Keith, like... Keith Buckley announced uh, he is working on a new music video with his new band. So, Buckers, baby. Buckers, buck up. <laughs> I don't know. Cal Boys dropped another new single. So fucking sick to see them at Furnace Fest just thriving in their element. In their lane, rather. Yep. Cal's Dead Boys, man. They, they got a fanfare, for sure, man. They are just more and more proving themselves to be the spiritual successor to bands like the Dillinger Escape Plan. So, yeah, I'm fucking stoked for them. It's a big W for our scene. Like, the whole rising ships, etc., etc. The better that Dow Boys is doing, the better the math course scene is doing. So, I'm super happy for them. Great three-way split just came out between Cohort B, Don Pardo, and Shiverboard. Great mix. I saw that. Great mix of noise rock, math rock, and math core. Kind of all mashed together on all those various projects. Bit of grindcore even in some points. The drummer of Cohort B and Don Pardo is a fucking animal. This dude gets it, so I highly recommend that. Cohort B, a bit more on like the punky noise rock side, but Don Pardo, the drummer's other project, is like more certifiably math core. Let's see here. What else? What else? What else? Today, uh, our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records, just announced our newest release, which is Pillar of Wasps' debut EP, which is called A Collective Hallucination. Yeah. We're putting that out on October 13th. It's just some CDs, but um, if you like that uh, Ion D, Danza vibe, the super thick guitar tones, it's a, it's a fucking banger. And they brought in... in uh, Tuck from Kurama, the vocalist, ba- bassist, excuse me, the bassist vocalist of Kurama is now the vocalist of Pillar of Wasps. Like the permanent for this this release, at least. I believe know? so, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's also some good vocal features featuring... Another Kurama yeah, vocalist? Yeah, Davin, Davin Hernandez, the vocalist of Kurama, uh, River Elliott of Ballista, and Nathan Daly of Tooth and Nail for guest vocal spots. So the first single in pre-order will drop this Friday on Bandcamp. So stoked for that. Stoked for them to finally get that out, because it's been like over a year in the works. I think like two years in the works, basically. Mm. God Awful Truth are in the studio right now. They're wrapping up production on their second full-length album, I believe. Yeah, it's their second full-length. And uh, their first new album in, I think, three years for them, unless they drop it next year. That's it. That's all I got. That's the end of Math Core Index news. <laughs> so I guess that about wraps it up for the what, 105th episode of MathCast. baby. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night, and stay beautiful. Hey!